Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. You ready? Thanks for tuning in to the 23rd episode on December 22nd, 2020. Let's talk about the beautiful and very tolerant Syngonium. Not only can you listen to the podcast, you can find more on houseplant-homebody.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And go check out the blog posts that are associated with all these podcasts as well. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast, my blog, and social media posts. You can also help support your favorite podcasts and blog by joining me on Patreon for exclusive podcasts, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you just can't get enough Houseplant Homebody, don't forget I send a monthly newsletter on the first of every month with also exclusive content and some updates on what happened the previous month. All right, let's dive in. Today we're talking about Syngonium, which are very, very pretty and very tolerant of the different situations that they can be in. The botanical name is Syngonium podophyllum, podophyllum, I think. And they come with many different common names, so I always call them Syngonium. That's just how I've known them, but they are also very commonly known as arrowhead plant or arrowhead vine. You can also hear them as Nepophytus, goosefoot plant, African Evergreen, or Tri-Leaf Wonder. So those are all common names, but mostly you will hear it as Syngonium, Arrowhead Plant, or Arrowhead Vine, or Nepophytus is usually what you'll hear it commonly called. And there are many variety names, but I'm not going to list all of them. I have two Syngonium at home, and I only know what one of them is. The other one, the smaller one I have is only in like a two-inch pot when I bought it, and that didn't really have a label of the variety name. Wait, that's a lie. It did. Hold on. Let me go find it. (laughs) Yeah, I just went back on my Instagram. I have a highlight called Plant Winds, and I know I put it in there. I got it from Mod Gen, and it's a butterfly pink syngonium. And the other one I got that the only reason I got it is because its name is Holly M. Syngonium, which my name is Holly Munchow, so hello, of course I had to have that. So if you're buying them from a reputable place, usually they'll have them labeled on the variety name, but some other garden centers or plant shops might have just got it in, in, for example, like with all the terrarium plants, and it might not be labeled through there. So you can always ask, but there are so many varieties out there that it, you might not be able to find the name because there are a lot that look super similar. So let's talk about the sun requirements and the water requirements, and then we'll get into some fertilization, propagation, and all the other facts like we usually go over. So for sun requirements, Syngonium survive in a lot of different types of sunlight. They could tolerate low light situations, but they actually thrive best in bright, indirect light. Or if you have a direct window you want to put it in, as long as it's filtered, whether you have a like light shade in front of it or there's a tree right out front, that kind of thing, that way it's getting dappled sunlight. It's not getting that direct sunlight. If you have it in the bright indirect window, it'll grow a bit faster and it'll have a little bit more brilliant color versus being in that lower light situation. Also keep in mind, if you have a plant that is more green and less variegation, that can tolerate even lower light versus a plant that has high variegation or even pinks in it needs a little bit more light. Still the bright indirect light, but it's best if you keep those kinds in the bright indirect light and more of the green ones in the lower light situations. 
If you're wondering if you're putting it in too much light, usually the leaves will either start to burn, the edges will start to brown and get a little bit crispy, or some of the leaves might even look like they're bright white or turning almost like bleached. That means it's getting too much sunlight, just so you know. So you wanna avoid that. That's why it's indirect light is best. Also, another little fun fact about the sun requirements is that this plant, almost no matter what, will lean and reach towards the sunlight. This is not necessarily an indication that it needs more light. It just does it. So I have one in a south window currently, but there's a building that blocks it probably by like noon. So it's not getting direct sunlight for very long, just early in the morning. And it is leaning. I also had this plant in a north window at one point, just testing its boundaries. <laughs> and it was still leaning, but it was just as healthy in the north window. So no matter what, it's going to lean. So that doesn't mean you need to put it in even more sunlight if it is leaning. It's just what it does. A lot of my other houseplants do that too. Like my monstera leaf is my giant monstera is currently up against the window. Even though it's winter, it doesn't care. It just wants the most amount of light. It turned itself towards the window and it's like up against the window. I can't move it because otherwise I'm smashing the other one. <laughs> so there's other houseplants that do it too. You can rotate them if you want. You don't need to. It's getting enough light on one side and that's what the leaves need. And if you rotate, the whole thing will lean the other way. So if you want to rotate it simply because you want to see all the pretty leaves for a couple days while it's rotating itself again and leaning itself again, go for it, but it's not necessary. Okay, let's move on to water requirements. So I would allow the syngonium to dry out before watering again. So you don't want to get them completely dried out, but most of the way. They will start to droop, actually, if they are not watered for a period of time. This doesn't mean the plant's going to die, but it does need water. So once it gets to the point that the leaves are turning brown and getting crispy, that's when the leaves are starting to die off because it's not getting watered sufficiently. But if it is drooping a little bit, don't worry. Just water your plant. You'll be good. You can use a moisture meter reader to find out whether or not you need to water them. I bought one and it is heavenly. There are multiple times that I didn't know if I need to water some of my plants and I checked it and I'm like, well, nope, not this time. But then like the following week I did. It's just super nice. It's way easier than sticking your finger down in the dirt to figure out whether or not you need to water it. You can actually get them on Amazon for a decent price. So I would highly recommend it. Um, I think I bought mine for like 15 bucks, 12 bucks, something like that. So that's one way to check whether or not you need to water. Otherwise, you can put your finger in the soil and just feel whether or not if it's kind of damp and cold, that probably means the soil is still moist. But if it's dry, almost like bone dry, then it's time to water it. In regards to humidity, these actually like to be in a little bit higher humidity if you can provide that. There are multiple ways to do that. So you can buy a humidifier. You can put them over a tray of pebbles. You can put them in a terrarium-like setting, or you can nist them. I have done everything but the pebble tray thing and the terrarium, I guess. I don't really have one in a terrarium, but I do mist them frequently enough to add a little bit of humidity. The nice thing, and like I said from the beginning, they are very tolerant of the environment that they're in. And if you don't have time to humidify them or mist them or whatever you're doing, they'll still be fine. It's not like they're going to die off just because you're not giving them the humidity that they would like, but it does help. In regards to the terrarium thing, a lot of times these plants are sold in the smaller one to two inch size 
plants. So that way it really is easy to fit in the terrarium and they're perfect in there. And obviously you can increase humidity pretty easily in terrariums. So that is the water requirements. All right, moving on to fertilization, propagation, and some of the other facts. I literally said that line like three times just now and reset it because I am struggling today. I'd also like to point out that at the very end of the podcast, past the social media information and everything, I do put some information down there. I don't know if you have listened to the whole thing, but I am going to put some information about the plant shops that I got some of these plants and a couple other things I purchased and where to find them on my website. So just so you know, so if you want more information, wait till the end of the podcast. But for fertilization, there are a ton of correct ways to do this. So I hate telling you exactly how to fertilize your syngonium because there's really never a total right way to do it. But I'll tell you what I do and what I have also seen recommended. I almost always check the Complete Houseplant Survival Manual by Barbara Pleasant because that book has a lot of really good information organized very well. The link will be on the blog, the Syngonium blog, if you want to buy it yourself or look at it. But in that book, it says from spring through fall, feed every two weeks with a balanced houseplant food diluted to half the normal strength. In winter, feed monthly. So I mostly do this for the most part. I fertilize probably every two weeks, starting at the end of February, probably through October. And I, but I honestly probably only fertilize about twice in winter, so probably every two months, just because the plants aren't as active. But syngonium do produce new leaves in winter. My Holly M syngonium and my Butterfly Pink is proving that right now. <laughs> so fertilizing them in winter is definitely helpful for them to keep producing those leaves. Even though they're more inactive, they still are producing that new growth and that will help them out a bit. And I always say it's totally up to you what kind of fertilizer you use too and what you're comfortable with. There's really no perfect way of doing it, but just so you know, I use Espoma Indoor Liquid Plant Food. So this is the first time I have tried this. I just started using it probably the middle of the year and I really like it. I use it just when I'm watering. I put it in with my watering can that I'm using. Fairly simple. I used to use a slow release fertilizer but I wanted to be able to control the fertilization a little bit more so that's why I moved into a liquid plant fertilizer. There are many other sources that have said slow release fertilizers work just as well. It all depends on what you're comfortable with. Osmoco is a slow release fertilizer that's actually granular fertilizer that I always used. I know Plantarina always recommends top dressing your soil with worm castings, which is technically a slow release fertilizer. So there are several ways to do it, but just do what you're comfortable with. If you use too much fertilizer, sometimes you can burn the leaves, but if you're using a diluted houseplant fertilizer, you're good. Or a slow release fertilizer. You can't put too much of that on because it releases slowly. <laughs> well, you probably could put too much on, but I mean, that would be extreme. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to propagation, which there is probably one best way of doing it. And really the only way I have seen in all my different sources and books that I was looking up and really the only way I thought to do it. But anyway, the best way it's explained is in the book called Houseplants, A Guide to Choosing and Caring for Indoor Plants by Lisa Eldred Steinkoff. And it says, 
take six to eight inch tip cuttings and root in a moist potting mix. Because of their thin leaves and love of humidity, covering the cuttings while rooting may be helpful. So this is not the only resource that's actually recommended this exact same thing. And there are other books, including the complete houseplant survival manual and some other blogs that I was looking at and plant websites that this was the only way of propagation that they mentioned. There were several other resources that also said to cover it, which can help their root growth. There were some that didn't recommend that, but there were a lot. And since this plant does like humidity, that might be pretty helpful. To cover it, you can simply use a Ziploc bag or a grocery bag, whatever you have in the house, and that will work just fine. You can secure it around the base of the plant if you wanted to with a hair tie or even a rubber band, but don't do it too tightly because that could stress out the plant. I've never tried propagating Syngonium myself just because my plants haven't been mature enough to take a stem cutting, but if anyone has actually done it, let me know. Comment in the blog or podcast or even DM me, tag me, whatever you want to do. And I want to hear about how your experience went and if there were any quirks or anything that you wanted to share, let us know. So moving on over to the other facts. So the Syngonium are part of the Araceae family, which some other plants in that family include Diffenbachia, Monstera, Philodendron, Anthurium, and Elephant Ears. And Syngonium are native primarily to Central America. As I said in the very beginning, you can find these in hues of green, white, pink, and even a combination of all of them with different levels of variegation. So on the blog post, I have a few different types on there. I have the two that I have, which is that butterfly pink one, and it has just a little bit of a pink tint to the middle of the leaves and the veins. I also have the Holly M1, which is mostly like a light green with more of a white kind of tint to the middle of the leaves. And then I also had a couple more that were a little bit darker. And I found those actually at the Milwaukee Domes, just natively in their their tropical dome. I didn't see the variety name on those, but they were very pretty and pretty full too. So overall, these plants can grow around maybe a foot, foot and a half, potentially two feet tall, kind of like a little mini shrub. But syngoniums actually are vining plants and you usually won't see this habit until they're a little bit more mature and eventually you can stake them with a moss pole or a trellis. And in that case, that can reach upwards of three, four feet, however long it takes to get there. If you wanna keep your plant kind of like a shrub form and not grow it up a trellis or a moss pole, you can. You can just keep trimming it back and kind of keeping it more compact and the size you want. Two more little facts and then we're done. So the second to last fact is do not leave this plant in temperatures below 60 degrees Fahrenheit and keep it out of drafty windows and doors. Typically this plant likes to stay between the 60 to 80 degree Fahrenheit weather If it's over that, then whatever. But if it's under that, that's where there's the damage that can happen. So just keep it out of the cold. If you have a house that gets really cold at night, make sure you're keeping it in a space that's not close to a window because it does tend to be colder towards windows. So keep that in mind. And the last fact is these can produce flowers, but as a house plant, they're very rare. The flowers will look very, very similar to what a Diffenbachia looks like a peacefully looks like or like kind of like an anthurium but more of a closed petal sort of situation 
closer to what a Diffenbachia will look like, but they don't flower really almost ever as a house plant. So they can do it, but they rarely do it. Thanks for listening to episode 23 of Houseplant Homebody, all about Syngonium. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this podcast. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog tab, you'll find it there. Also, there are links to Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC on my website. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast and make sure you're doing all of the commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast my blog and social media posts. I love to hear from all of you and what you've learned through your own experience or through this podcast. And you can also help support your favorite podcast and blog by joining me on Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content, and exclusive podcasts. So your support means everything to me and I am very excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. And don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for more podcasts and corresponding blog posts. From one houseplant homebody to another, See you next time. Well, hello, everyone. I was going to stop on the end and talk to you about some of the plant shops. I mentioned that earlier, and I want to talk to you about where I got my Syngonium um, and where I've seen it before. So that butterfly pink one that I mentioned I had, I bought at Mod Gen, which is in Milwaukee, basically the third ward area, if you're familiar with Milwaukee. And it's a small gift shop, plant shop, and they have a ton of houseplants in there and really cool gifts. So something to definitely check out if you're in Milwaukee. And the other place I got the Holly M. Syngonium was actually at Water Farms in Nina, Wisconsin. I've gotten a lot of plants there this summer because they were brand new to the houseplant game and they had some pretty rare and unusual plants for really freaking good prices. So I think I got this Syngonium for like $8 and it was fairly large already in about a six inch pot or maybe even a little bit larger than that. But that was a really good deal for the size plant it was and the fact that it was Holly M. Hello, that's wonderful. A couple other things I wanted to mention, Milwaukee Domes, I mentioned when talking about a couple pictures that are on the blog post. Milwaukee Domes is comprised of three different domes. One of them's the show dome, one of them is the like cactus dome or the desert dome, and the last is the tropical dome, which is where obviously the syngoniums were. The show dome is usually thematic to the season or something like that. So currently around Christmas, like it is now, there are poinsettias everywhere, a giant Christmas tree is in there. It's beautiful. Something to definitely check out again if you're in the Milwaukee area. Because of COVID, they're restricting the amount of people in there and you have to make a reservation ahead of time. Otherwise, obviously without COVID, you could go in, pay to get in, and then check out the three domes. The Desert Dome has a ton of different cacti and succulents in it. It's really, really cool. And I've gotten a ton of photography in there. And the Tropical Dome is also wonderful. So if you're sick of being cold in the winter (laughs) and you want to get away, go in that Tropical Dome. It's so nice and humid and hot in there. And I love it. And they have really, really large plants in there. They had a vining pothos that was going up one of the palm trees or maybe one of the the structures in there. But anyway, it had fenestration in it. It was so old. And they had huge monsteras and philodendrons. So it's just so cool. Something to definitely check out. A couple other things I mentioned. One, the moisture meter reader. I will put a link at the bottom of the Syngonium blog for that. Amazon has a ton of different ones, so you're really 
probably not missing out trying one of them, but I'll just put the one up that I bought and it works very well. The other thing that is linked in the fertilization section is the fertilizer that I use. So the Espoma liquid indoor plant food. I use that currently. Just totally up to your choice, but I thought I'd throw that out there. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and hopefully you guys have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, whatever you're celebrating, and a very Happy New Year, and I will see you in the next podcast after the New Year. So see you in 2021.